Click, 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 click. You can probably hear my dog walking around. That's Lucille. Hey, Lucille, I love you. Welcome. Oh, oh, docolo, oh, docolo. How many docs you watch? Oh, oh, docolo, oh, docolo. Doc you very much. Oh, hello, documentary fans. It is I, Bob Sham, the host of the Documentaries podcast. Each week, we, each week, we discuss a documentary. We review it. We lay it down and we lay it to rest. And this one here in the holiday season, yo, no, this isn't specifically a Christmas documentary, but you know what? We eat like junk around this time of year. And this dude in this movie, we all know who that is. I once had that chopper mustache once. And somebody told me I look like Morgan Spurlock. And then I went home and I shaved that motherfucker off so fast. That's right. We are talking about one of the most prolific documentaries out there. The documentary that saved us from the fast food blight. Sort of, not really. I guess you can't deny some of its influence, but we are talking about the uh, technically a classic Super Size Me by Morgan Spurlock with Stuart and myself. I don't get into the Christmas rants in here, but y'all, I'm fucking saucy as shit in this episode. We kind of go off. Gosh, you should hear what I edited out. Kitty, Kitty's like rubbing on the microphone. I love you, hon. You gotta go. Can you guess how many animals we got? <laughs> More than a few. But yes, today's episode, Super Size Me by Morgan Spurlock. He eats a bunch of fucking McDonald's for 30 straight days. And uh, and he tells you all about it. And uh, is it really a thing? I don't know. It's like, uh, obviously, eating a lot of McDonald's is not going to be good for you over a long period of time. But I feel like this movie lends itself to this desire to get fast results and even if it doesn't become exactly what you want it to you got to build it up dramatically to be what you need even though everyone knows that mcdonald's is shit actually sometimes it's good but we we know we you know what i mean next week on the podcast i set myself up for more griping as we get back into the christmas documentary swing of things with the film what would jesus buy by rob van alchemade spout reverend billy in the church of stop shopping this guy wants to curb our consumerism around the holidays can't say it's hard to argue his points but is the way he gets that point across is that resonate is it valid this came out in 2007 guess what happened the following year the economy tanked hmm and uh there's a lot of fear that we may be getting that again before too long can't say i disagree with the reverend billy often but uh but but is his approach good what happens if there's something that you can criticize but you also agree with all the time we have to deal with that kind of shit here at the documenteers also that movie also produced by morgan spurlock so there's two spurlock involved joints in a row this month i did not that was an accident i did not mean for that to happen you can follow us on social media really just instagram we also have a facebook fan page where we don't do much with it but if you want to click on that go for it Podcast at gmail.com please oh please if you like us recommend us subscribe to us and give us five stars and a positive review on apple Podcasts. that really helps us out you have no idea i get it for a long time i've listened to podcasts for so many years i've made and at one point i probably had only written one review i know you can love something and not give a review but if you could just take that moment get into the yeah i'm going to say it the christmas spirit go on to apple podcast slash itunes give me five stars and a positive review and you will never get coal from me again and i'll give you all my candy canes because i don't really like those very much now let's get into this shit. Supersize me. You know it.
Maybe you'll love it. I don't know. By director Morgan Spurlock. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. holiday season thanksgiving this comes out no this comes out in uh december we december ha- giving we make our episodes for the most part way ahead of time but i believe this is a december episode and is this specifically about christmas no it's not but it is about eating a lot right and yeah. that's what you do on the holidays is you eat a lot yes now you've been chomping at the bit chomping at the mcnug to get to this movie haven't you i mean yeah because uh i love uh, Grimace. The Friends Forever. He's one of my fave. Uh, Hambargler. Rob a big cheeseburger. And uh, those little fry guys. Bye bye. Give back those fries, guys. Those are some cool, cool bros of mine. If you hop all around like the fry kids do. I think they're just called fry guys. Yeah. And you don't see them too much anymore, do you? They're around. They're around. You see them? It's a uh, hashtag. French fries. As hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag fry guys. For my marketing campaign. Hashtag fry for, guys. For the for pod buddies, our show. Just say hashtag a lot. Well, we're trying to get those kids in on this, so we gotta hashtag it. Uh, hashtag Fortnite. You should go get a life and quit playing Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite. Guys, what are you I like? Tough well, guy right here. Face it to my house and I'll kick your ass. Hashtag Pokemon Go. Yeah. Pokemon go to the movies and watch documentaries. You know, don't have to tell me twice about that stuff. So, you know, this is the movie that we've always wanted to do. I think the guy who directs this movie, we have mentioned him several times. His name has been used to describe a movie where the director puts himself into the movie too much to the point where it gets on our nerves. Yeah. It's a, he started a whole trend. But, you know, he did do good things. And you can't take away that this yeah. movie was very successful for this director. This was a huge movie. Everyone everyone saw this movie in 2004. We were all really upset about George W. Bush w, yeah. getting reelected. I mean, half of the country was. Yeah. The other half were eating McDonald's a lot. And saying, supersize me, please. And, super, and saying, supersize me, please. And then the other half which is you you and myself, maybe, and some of our uh, compatriots were saying, maybe don't supersize me. I wish there was a documentary that could help me to see a brighter light shined on this. Yeah. I also, before this documentary, I thought McDonald's was a health food place. Right. I thought I was adding a year to my life with every- Yeah. You know, because I, I Big was, and tasty. At the time, maybe 
the year before this documentary, I was eating Weight Watchers. And but then I heard that McDonald's was going healthy and I really like that song, you know. Ba da ba 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 yeah. Ba 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 with the moon with the moon guy, remember him? Oh uh, yeah. Come on, make it back tonight. You know, I don't know. I, I, I ate a lot of that stuff, probably. Yeah, when we were kids, we loved McDonald's. My parents wouldn't let me have McDonald's. So your parents were good parents? They thought Burger King was slightly healthier for some reason. <laughs> Never mind. I take back what I said. <laughs> so we'd go there a lot, and they'd be like, sure, you can have a croissant, witch." <laughs> Those breakfast sandwiches always tend to be more calories than the than bunch. anything else. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which, uh, you know, that's all we'd have is the, the breakfast. But the word for a director that inserts himself too much in a movie or herself, we call it spurlocking. Spurlocking. That's right, folks. We're discussing, finally, a classic. Super Size Me by Morgan Spurlock. Came out in 2004. And we're going to do the whole episode, episode like this. We, we open, open on some kids singing a song. Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. Which I love that song. There's a Ray Kroc quote. Look after the founder. The found. Well, sort of. We well, you mm. watch the founder. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael Keaton. Hashtag. Hashtag Keaton. Remember, put the hashtag after the word. You're not very good at internet. <laughs> I know about the internet. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> the quote is: "Look after the customer, and the business will take care of itself." Morgan Spurlock. He grew up in Old West Virginia. And he said he never ate out growing up. It was very rare. His mom always cooked. Well, good for you, dude. Jesus. What is with these documentaries? He's already jacking off, like right out the gate. You know, they all come from with the silver spoon in their mouth. And they think, you know what? I ought to make a documentary about myself. (laughs) One thing about this documentary, and we'll talk about it now, is that it's essentially, if you took out a lot of Morgan. It's probably about a half an hour of a montage of fat people on the streets. Yeah. He told his camera people to be like, if you ever see a fat person, put the camera on. Film that person. Film that fat person. Look, I've got some really funny music to play underneath it. Yeah. There's one scene in the movie where he's like eating his McDonald's at a table and someone walks behind him that is overweight. Yeah. And you can almost just see his face light up because he realizes. He was so happy. Oh, I can tell by the shift in gravity that there is a giant fat person behind me right now. Yeah. And I am so excited. Yeah. He really see. loved it. He wants to it's shame. It's a little bit. It's, he wants to shame. It's fat shaming. He he kind of is. He would make it, well, I'm looking out for their health. And it's like, you know, fat people always know they're fat. You know, they all, they, they carry the, that complex. I mean, we live in a weird world where most people are overweight and yet everything that is 
representing us in films and in magazines right. are like a little too skinny. There's no value to to like an average. And Hollywood will like pat itself on the back for right. putting like just regular normal size people on film and claim like that they're being diverse. Right. And you can see exactly how much 14 years has changed all this. Yeah. And it's a lot of things that are brought up in this movie have completely changed. You know, I don't think food was really saw as like an addiction as much in this movie. Or that's at least true. That's, how, that's the take he's got on it. But there was one point in the Fat People montage where Morgan puts the camera on like a girl talking to her friends. I think this is in New York. And he's got the blurry face. He's blurs out their face. But it's the smallest blur ever. And if anyone knew those people, they would know. Like, oh, that's uh, Frank. That's Linda. And there was one scene, I swear to God, I'll try to find it and, and maybe take a screenshot of it, where there's a girl and she jerks her head. And I swear the blur comes off of her face. And you can see the woman's face somewhere. And I hope she sued the fuck out of Spurlock. Spurlock. Uh, <laughs> also, we get a lot of like really on the nose songs that are playing. It's a lot of kitschy stuff being thrown in this movie. I didn't like that aspect of it. So Morgan Spurlock, he decides a lot of talk about the the fa fast food industry. A lot of people going to Washington being like, yo, we got a problem here with overconsumption of all this stuff. Diabetes is growing. And so Morgan Spurlock. Wilford Brimley. Diabetes. Morgan Spurlock decides to go and interview people who have ate McDonald's most of their life to see how it's affected their health. No, that's not what he does. He decides he's going to insert himself into the situation by eating McDonald's for 30 straight days. Nothing but McDonald's, three square meals a day, all Mickey D's for 30 days. And he asks himself, would it fast track him towards obesity? Yes. Yeah. 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 It, will. it will. Yeah. I don't think you have to eat a bunch of Big Macs to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, why not? Let's make a movie. I'm it. He gets three doctors, um, which is more than the average American can afford. He gets a general practitioner named Dr. Isaacs, uh, another guy, a cardiologist named Dr. Siegel, and then a gastrologist by the name of Dr. Ganju. And we see Morgan getting a physical, gets a finger shoved up his ass. Um, Typical New Yorker. <laughs> blood work is good. His cholesterol is good. His general health is good. Uh, one of the doctors think Dr. Ganju points out that's like, you know, the body's really resilient. Triglycerides might be your main increase. But the doctor says this might be the only real change in this span of time. Because while, yes, this is going to be obviously very unhealthy, the body is very resilient. Mm -hmm. And you doing this for 30 days is not going to be a proper representation of people who have grown up and eaten this stuff like once or twice a week for most of their lives. She didn't say that in those words. I put a lot of those words right. into it because this isn't, look, I'm going to say right out, this isn't some viable scientific study. And also, yes, McDonald's is unhealthy. And I think even then people were well, well, well aware of that fact. But, you know, you got to give Morgan credit for saving us from fast food. And yeah. now McDonald's uh, no longer serves you uh, too much sugar or fat in anything. <laughs> Yeah, as we all know, McDonald's is now one of the healthiest restaurants. And you can thank Morgan fucking Spurlock. 
for that. 14 years later. Morgan Sprague is very clever in the sense that he brings on Mark Finn, the editor of Walking Magazine. He talks about how New Yorkers walk more than most people on average, four to five miles a day. So New Yorkers, based on their lifestyle, kind of, they burn a lot more calories. Morgan points out that there's 83 McDonald's in Manhattan alone. It's very smart for Morgan to bring Mark Fenton along so that Morgan can be the most exciting person in the room. Morgan's girlfriend is a vegan chef named Alex. She's also the co-creator of this movie. She's she's like a producer, basically, and she's a big part of why this movie's being filmed. Throughout the movie, she'll be like, I can't believe you're doing this. I don't know. But she's co-creating this movie with Morgan. Well, she's a vegan chef. In case you don't know, she'll mention it like 50 times in the movie. She makes him a big vegan dinner spread before he goes off on this 30-day trial that he's doing to himself. And you know what? She's not wrong. Her diet is very healthy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a vegan, but it just kind of is that typical, uh, (laughs) like you just kind of sound like a yuppie a lot of the time because you're just serving up a lot of stuff that, is good and good for you, but is not accessible to a lot of people based upon their personal income. It'd be nice if everyone ate organic food, but McDonald's is cheaper than that. And a lot of people, when they're eating, they're not like, hmm, I need to make sure I get all my proper greens. They're just eating to survive. Yep. Oh, that's why I eat a lot of relish. I'm out, dogs. Tons of relish. Soaking in relish, folks. Look at this fucking character. Morgan, uh, he starts his day by eating a McDee's breakfast with a... McDee's? Egg McMuffin. He interviews a French lady who talks about how she'll eat the fast food in France, but not here. Uh, in France, yes. Yeah. But here, not. No. I don't like here. I should also point out that she's fat. Because she's eating all his baguettes from Subway. She's kind of throwing shade on the American way of doing things. And yes... We do put too much sugar in fucking everything. It is a real problem. But she's talking about how she won't eat the fast food in America. But she's fucking fat like every other American around her. Also, her his general practitioner is also overweight. Dr. Isaacs, who does the health freak out at the end yeah. when they're trying to build something up, he's also overweight, which really shows how obesity is an issue in the country where even people who are like demanding you be healthy are overweight. You know why? Why? There's sugar in everything. Everything. They don't really get into sugar. Yeah, they don't talk about sugar that much. But nowadays... It's the sugar. It's the sugar, everyone. Sugar is worse than everything. Watch your sugar. There's like a throwback element to this movie. Remember when Big and Tasty's were on the menu? A Big and Tasty for just a dollar? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any fast food guilty pleasures? I know Um, with McDonald's, I like the French fries and I like chicken nuggets. And stuff like that. I do like Big Macs a lot. You know, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, a, you know, I mean, occasional 20 piece. Yeah. You know, just have a 20 piece. <laughs> they have to be very hot, though, because as hot soon 20, as. Hot 20. Once you get to those last five, that's why I get the 20, because the last five. Toss them. When the fries or the nuggets cool down, they are practically inedible. Well, you know, there's, uh, you know, you got the. Uh, oh, what's the stuff? Szechuan. Szechuan sauce. Uh, don't mention that word. Oh, yeah, sorry. Rick and Morty fans will riot my studio. Oh, yeah. Well, we have we have a bunch of it stockpiles. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, sorry. You know, I'm trying to think of my fast food guilty pleasures. and um, What are they? I will only eat veggie subs from Subway. It's to say with me. What? 
Bo Bojangles. Get a bow. It's bow time. Bow nose biscuits. I'm trying to think of Popeyes is good. I like Popeyes. Oh my god, here's been my big thing lately. Arby's jalapeno poppers with the Bronco berry sauce. Dude, what are you gonna do? Gotta I, eat it. I'm gonna eat them is what I'm gonna do. You gotta eat that. Also, they got rid of their market fresh chicken salad sandwiches. Come on. Yeah, it was you know, it was a shame when they did that. I mean, I was I was pretty devastated. Remember uh one of my favorite lines of The Simpsons is uh I actually think Arby's is pretty good. Mm. But one of my favorite lines from The Simpsons I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. Oh, oh my wow. god. <laughs> you know how they have that bell in there? You know about the bell? They have it at Arby's? Yeah, it's ring bell for if you had excellent service. And it's like a giant like bell. Like Captain D's used to have those. And my grandmother always wanted to go to Captain D's when we were growing up. And there, they I always had the bell and no one ever rang it. But there was this one guy who this old man in suspenders and a beard who like very... <laughs> aggressively rang the bell after a meal one day and bing, 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 bing. yeah captain d's he, he was all about captain d's captain d's is a as a southern fried fish fast food chain for those that don't know it's kind of like long john silvers but like a, a slightly better a slight very slightly captain d's mickey d's no relation now we meet a john bonzaf who successfully sued big tobacco and now has his eyes on McDonald. Big fast, as they call it. Big fast, going after big fast. He makes some good points. McDonald's it targets kids. There's big play sets outside of a lot of McDonald's. You got Ronald McDonald. Yeah, Ronald McDonald's like Camel Joe. Grimace. Yeah, he kind of is. He's Joe like, Camel. hey kids, eat this shit. <laughs> yeah, mm, shove it in your fucking face. <laughs> Don't you want to be cool? Look at your mom. Look at your mom who's buying you this junk. Look how cool she is. <laughs> Hey, kids, aren't your parents cool? Uh, we meet a David Satcher. He's the first Surgeon General to warn of the fast food problem. Hey, don't you want to look like Grimace? The friends forever. Um, hey, kids, don't you want to be, don't you want to be fry guys? Fry guys! I mean, yeah, Grimace is kind of showing you where this is all headed, isn't it? <laughs> you can't say... Well, you know, and that is, there's messaging in those mascots because they're saying, don't take fast food away from America or you'll be the Hamburglar. Rob a You'll be in jail. Touch my face! Don't go after fast food. You'll die. You'll be in jail. They show examples of uh, cups that you can get from places like uh, 7-Eleven and various fast mm -hmm. food places. And some sizes go up to a fucking half a gallon. Like I said, after this movie, Morgan solved all our problems. Right. Uh, I saw this movie in a, uh, its premiere at the local Carmike Cinema, and ever since then, I've I've eat uh, I just eat Melba toast. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You must, you look very malnourished. I am emaciated, but I think the health benefits and the loss of teeth. But you know, other than that, it's <laughs> things are good. When you're so malnourished, at some point, chewing Melba toast is like it just feels very sharp oh, in yeah. your mouth, Ooh. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you're on the toast tip. Yeah. Now, Morgan must supersize whenever he is asked. Yeah. Of if course. they say, would you like this supersized? He must do it. Yep. It happens a lot more when he leaves New York because New York doesn't give a fuck what you do. New Yorkers don't give a fuck. And, but in Texas, God bless Texas. When he eventually goes there, they ask him all the time. 
Right. Typical Texans. Then he goes on this trip where he's talking about, like, I'm so McStuffed on Mc... See, now's the time of the meal when you start getting the McStomach ache. And it's like the most obvious fucking McDonald's jokes. You start getting the McTummy, the Mc, you get the, you get the McGurgles in there. He has the best jokes. You get the McBrick, and you get the McStomach ache. Right now, I got I got some McGas. He's got McJokes, you might say. I'm feeling a little McCrazy. Uh, he barfs outside of his car, and they feel the need to show that barf. Right, isn't that after the first meal? It, yeah, like his second or third or something like that. Because he ate, he eats the whole supersize meal, which is just an absurd amount of food. His first supersize, he barfs. Yeah. And of course, you're going to vomit after eating an entire supersized meal when you're eating mostly vegan meals for months of the time that your girlfriend is making you. <laughs> he might have thrown up if he only ate half of that food. Yeah, Maureen, you should have started like maybe mainlining some sugar packets in the, in the lead up. Morgan claims his penis is tingling. He doesn't appear to be joking about this, and he goes to he the doctor. He does mention his penis a lot in this movie. Yeah. That's a little weird. And spoiler alert, he mentions his penis a lot in uh, cases of sexual harassment that he would later be uh, brought to light under. Yeah. We might hear more about that before the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, he talked to a guy from Reason Magazine, and he says, we heckle smokers, and smokers are like, yeah, I know, I'm trying to quit. Why, but it's not okay to heckle fat people? Mm. And I just want to say... Hectoring. No. No. No, it's not. They're dealing with their problems. And just because your problems aren't as visible as their problems... Yeah. Good advice is fucking cheap. There's a lot of kind of callousness in this baby like that. That's because Morgan Spurlock is a fucking yuppie who looks down on everything and thinks he's making the world a better place. Spoiler alert, we're not going to be very nice to this guy. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking wad. He has that cool underwear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's patriotic. Patronizing. <laughs> he points out, there are some true things he does point out. Diabetic costs have grown. Diabetes is a, a serious problem in our country. A lot of our elderly people are becoming diabetic. And older generations, they're seeing the consequences of the the food industry growing and growing. And a lot of them are having to deal with this stuff. In my family, it's an issue. And there is kind of a disconnect with the older people who are kind of come from that Great Depression era where it's like you just got to eat to survive, store Mm -hmm. all that energy, just eat, just eat, just eat, because you might not get to eat tomorrow. And there's a lot of our culture nowadays that is so influenced by the Great Depression and where people were struggling and desperate to get food in their gullets. They ate for protein, for energy. And we never really lost that mindset. And it's not even so much that a lot of this stuff is bad. We've just reached this point where it's so accessible now that we eat way more than we really need to. Right. Because people always ate like crap, but they maybe had different lifestyles. Uh, the working class was more vibrant, where people would have to go and do basic labor jobs. And the portions of things were just a lot smaller. And now it's just an industry that just wants to get it out to you as much as possible. He talks to a teenager named Caitlin who's overweight, talks about how magazines make you hate yourself. So Morgan he doesn't think that on thick, right? You yeah. Remember that? It's like all these pictures and then. There's a lot of like montage of obvious culture shit. Yeah. Yeah. But we do meet a hero. So without further ado, let's welcome Jared Fogel. An inspiration. Jared Fogel. A hero. Still a hero, right? 
Yeah, he's. I haven't been watching the news. He gets in front of some auditorium. Yeah, he's still a hero. I'm pretty sure. I don't watch the news either, but I think he's still out there crushing it. (laughs) He gives an inspirational speech in some theater somewhere. And there's a part where he goes, yeah, I brought something for you guys. And what do you think that something is? I brought in a present for you. My old pants. His pants. His old pants. Does that guy just carry his old pants with him everywhere he goes? I hope so. I hope, I hope so. he get got to take his old pants with him where he is right now. What's the worst present you could give to someone? My old pants. Your old pants. Really? Well, maybe it's not the worst. Because I've given my old pants to people before. Is that a bad gift? You know, maybe it's not. Like my grandma, my aunts and uncles. Here's my old pants. <laughs> Happy holidays, my old pants. My old pants. A young girl and her mother, they thank Jared for their speech. And they talk about how obesity has been an issue in their family. And the mom says that their great-grandfather was buried in a piano box. He was so big. And you can tell she's told that story a lot. You know how when like bad things happen in people's lives and they almost get addicted to telling everyone about the, mo- the worst shit that's ever happened to them? Yeah. But her great-grandfather was buried in an old piano box. Yeah. Now, the girl throws a little logic. The daughter throws a little logic on here. It's kind of hard because I can't afford to, like, go there every single day and buy sandwich, like, two times a day. And that's what he's talking about. Like, that's the only solution. Like, that's what he said that, like, worked the best. But I can't do that. Subway is cheap. You can get $5 footlongs and shit like that. Even Subway, though, let's be honest, isn't the healthiest thing no. for you. that smell of a subway you'd have to be trapped on a deserted island and then rescued after years and then the first thing you're walked into is a subway that's the only way that smell could make you sound yeah it smells kind of like yoga mats obviously there's a lot of morgan eating at mcdonald's that's what this movie's all about he's slumming it basically culturally he's slumming it because he's so fucking charmed at the fact that he's eating mcdonald's every day it's like can you believe this can you believe this And this is what's weird. Millions and millions and millions of Americans understand the experience of eating at McDonald's. But this guy's like treating it like it's like a secret room at Disneyland that he only he is allowed to go into. New York folks. Am I right? He's probably eating those giant deli sandwiches in New York. You seen those things? (laughs) Yeah. Healthy food. Yeah. There's New York's. They don't serve any more healthy food (laughs) that's affordable than anywhere else. But you do walk all the time when you're in New York. True so, that. Day nine, he's he's uh, he talks about how he doesn't feel good, and he gets full and then gets hungry again. But then he meets a guy that this movie really should have been about. You know who I'm talking about. The Big Mac guy, Stuart. Yes, yes. My hero. Your hero. Don Gorski. As soon as I got my first car, this is the first place I came to. Uh, I bought three Big Macs, ate them out there. I uh, enjoyed them so much, and I came back about 5 o'clock at night, bought three more, ate them out there. Came back around 11 o'clock before they closed and uh, ate three more. So the first day I came here, I ate nine Big Macs, and it was like I couldn't get enough hamburger at that time, and, and Big Macs are so good. So I ate 265 in the first month. Don Gorski, I mean, how many times have you just gone on and on about Don Gorski? Since this movie, quite a bit. <laughs> He looks like if John Lennon and Mike Nesmith had a baby. That's true. That's accurate. Mike Nesmith being the guy in the hat from the monkeys. I assume I don't have to explain who John Lennon is. Uh, who is that? He's in the Beatles. 
Someone was killed. John Lennon. <laughs> circle the, the circle sunglasses. The who? The Beatles. They're that band that wasn't the Rolling Stones or the who or the Kinks. Led Zeppelin? No, not and not Led Zeppelin. He said that one year he ate 741 Big Macs. This guy eats at least one Big Mac every single day. He proposed to his wife at a McDonald's. And so you know oh, that marriage romantic. is really crushing it. And he's also pretty lean. I don't think he's he's not in perfect shape, yeah. Yeah. but he's not like some big dude. And he, he he loves Big Macs. He eats them every single day. Gorski. I mentioned this earlier. I kind of like Big Macs. There's something about them. The combination of what they give you on it is perfect. Used to I used to do this thing where sometimes I would get a McDouble because usually I'm a I'm a value menu warrior in a drive-through. You know, I just want to get one thing just to tide my appetite. And I used to get McDoubles with Mac sauce on them. It kind of worked for a while, but it wasn't the same. Something about the construction of a Big Mac that it really is a, a really good sandwich. But you don't want to eat that shit. I too mean, much. that's a solid, sturdy piece of sandwich. Yeah. I mean, that thing, that thing is like a tank. We get a lot of imagery from a guy named Ron English, who is uh, credited in the movie as artistic genius. And Ron makes art that is reacting to various oh, yeah. advertisements. That was cool. His oh, art his is art. all over this movie. His art is cool, Ron English. Morgan goes to some kids, some first graders. And this is kind of freaky because all these first graders are now grown adults, if you think about it. But he he throws a lot of pictures up so kids can um, to see what the kids right. say. Now, this tactic that you see in documentary filmmaking where you were like, let's see what the kids know and don't know, or let's ask questions on the street. It's kind of cheap bullshit tactics because there's one point where he's a asking people if he knows what a calorie is. I mean, it's food energy or the measurement we use to measure food energy. But of course, he the, he's going to pick all the ones where people don't know exactly what a calorie is. These first graders, they don't recognize a picture of Jesus. And my thought is, not everyone is Christian. They don't. That's not exactly a sign of a problem if they don't recognize some painted and image of Jesus. Let's and be granted, it was an artist's representation of Jesus. Yeah, not an actual photograph. It's I'm not, sure if they'd seen a photo <laughs> of my main man Jesus, they would have been like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Yeah, we don't actually know what Jesus looked like. Actually, he looked Jewish and probably had a big Jew fro and a beard. So I imagine Eugene Levy. Yeah, he probably he looked more like Eugene, Eugene Levy, Levy with a beard. He looked more like Eugene Levy than probably a lot of images that represent Jesus. I'm looking here at the uh, at the, some of the discontinued uh, McDonald's uh, menu items. Yeah. Did you ever have onion nuggets? Nope. Me either, but that was a thing they had. <laughs> Why didn't those take off, folks? Oh, what about the salad shakers? Yep, I see that. Salad, salad shakers. Good. Some of the kids recognize Wendy's, and all the kids, at least on camera, that he's edited together – Recognize Ronald McDonald. But Ronald McDonald is very recognizable. But one little girl is pretty adorable, says that Ronald... He was helping people at the cast register. How cute. Very good. Big and Tasties. Arch mm, Deluxe. Uh, do you remember the Cheddar Melt? It was a uh, quarter pound beef patty topped with grilled onions, cheddar cheese, and between two rye pieces of bread bun. That sounds good. Yeah, it's like a, your typical... Uh, like a patty melt. Patty melt, yeah, with rye. Oh, what about mixed spaghetti? Did you ever have mixed spaghetti? No. <laughs> That's the thing they had? They called it mixed spaghetti. <laughs> mixed spaghetti. Why don't they call it mixed spaghetti? I don't know. Mixed that... spaghetti, mixed mm. spaghetti. 
What about Big 33? Did you have that? Or McJordan special? Remember the superhero burger? It was a promo from Batman Returns. And it was like this long bun with like, I swear to God, three patties and all this shit shoved on it. <laughs> Something that Batman would not be able to eat and fight crime. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I was like, I want to get the superhero sandwich. Now, there's a lot of dated information in this movie, 2004. One example that he puts out that is well dated is that half of all U.S. homes don't have the Internet. Now the Internet is a lot more accessible, even to low income homes. So the Internet does get around. So that's one thing that has changed quite a bit. This Internet. What can't you do? You're looking at it right now. Morgan asks, he goes into McDonald's and he asks people who make very little an hour if where the nutrition charts are. And of course, this is an example where he's going all, it's like a, a montage of people not knowing where their nutritional charts are. This nice manager brought me the nutrition wall chart from the basement. Oh, thank you. Very, you don't have ones that I can take with me, like a takeaway? Most McDonald's have the chart on the wall. I don't know if that's acceptable to him. Well, back in 2004, though, I mean, how many times would you go into McDonald's and as typical before ordering, may I see the nutritional chart? And they'll be like, well, of course, sir. If you'll just go to the back of the store, around the corner, and look behind the planter, you'll see the nutritional chart there. <laughs> Morgan was probably the first person to ask for nutritional charts in all the McDonald's he went through at this time. And so it became this like gag reel of like these managers not knowing where their charts are, but no one ever fucking asked for them. They all have them. They just have to find them. So he's just kind of like busting on people who make very little an hour because they can't find a nutritional chart that no one ever asked for, and that's why they can't find it. But granted, in 2004, that was hilarious. <laughs> you have to remember how funny. <laughs> these poor, these working poor people can't find their nutritional chart. I mean, it just, to me, this whole movie seemed like one long Seinfeld episode. <laughs> You know, he's like a classic Costanza. Jerry, where's the nutritional chart? Morgan's girlfriend uh, is with him, giggling at him as he's eating McDonald's. And it's like, we get it. You love nutrition. It's your job. We understand your feelings on the subject. Oh, but it was pretty funny. If you think about it with your 2004 um, mind. Okay. Very funny. Uh, he's in Texas. God bless Texas. And in Texas, they ask him if they want to supersize all the time. He gets the Texas burger, which is unique to Texas. Texas. Uh, more McGriddles. He eats McGriddles. I think this is around when McGriddles started. Yeah. I never liked McGriddles. And since I've stopped eating pork, they're not even in my lexicon. So What are you going to do? I guess not eat them. I guess <laughs> We're only into day 17. This is like two weeks. Morgan's weight fluctuates. Ultimately, at the end of all this, he's gained like 20 pounds. But there's one point where he actually drops a pound after he fluctuates up. And he's talking about how he's kind of liking McDonald's and is feeling better after eating it. He goes to Dr. Isaacs because he says he's having headaches. Isaac says that it's probably hypertension, but it could be blood sugar. He gives a very vague uh, response. But then he gets all these numbers like liver numbers are going up. And Dr. Isaacs. How is, many livers did he have? I, yeah, I'm not sure what it meant, but it went up. His liver number, you have one liver, two liver, three liver, four. Those liver numbers shot up. I mean, you intake a lot of fat, that's going to affect your liver. Yeah. We all know this is a bad idea, but 
But like I said, this yeah. is this guy's a uh, yuppie that is charmed by doing things that millions and millions of Americans do. You've all seen the any time. of his other movies? Uh, Where in the World is Osama bin Laden? Is one of the biggest pieces of shits you will ever see. What about Mansum? I have not seen that one. Mansum? That's the one where it's uh, his uh, shaved chest on the cover of the movie. God. Uh, I have seen, he did have that show where he would uh, work a job for 30 days. What about the greatest movie ever sold? Did you see that It's one? all about like advertisements and product placement and shit. Yeah, he's also uh, half naked on the cover of that movie. In this movie, we see him getting a finger shoved up his ass. Yeah. Now, Dr. Isaacs, who is fat, is begging Morgan to stop doing what he's doing. And Morgan's mom is worried. He calls his mommy. And she's like, Morgan, I don't know. If you need a portion of my liver, honey, you can have it. I got a quick documenteer's factoid. Okay. Or shampoo. This I will reveal at the end of the episode. But what documenteer's episode, that movie that we reviewed, was Morgan Spurlock, an associate producer on. What documentaries episode that we reviewed? Yeah. I know you know the answer, but uh, we'll, we'll reveal at the end of the episode. And I wrote in my notes, all caps, why doesn't Morgan seek more people out who actually eat a lot of this all the time? Why, does, why doesn't he just find people like that or have them go to doctors and measure their intake? I don't understand why we know he's doing something very unhealthy, mm-hmm. but you're not, this isn't the equivalent yeah, you know, he, like he could have like helped some people maybe. Yeah. And maybe had them have a kind of revelation about their health choices. Pusher Man by Curtis Mayfield starts playing. I'm your pusher man. Which is appropriate because Morgan Spurlock is pushing himself into all of our faces. Heavy users of McDonald's eat there once or twice a week. Super heavy users three plus times a week. One of the producers of the show is calling nutritionists and ask if you should ever eat a fast food diet. Gee, I wonder what the fucking answer to this question is. And this scene is like ridiculous. It's, it's the cameras on the producer talking to nutritionists on the phone asking, should you eat a fast food diet? If you are stranded uh, on a deserted island or if we get bombed with anthrax and that's the only food available, that's the only time you should eat fast food. You shouldn't. No. You shouldn't eat fast food. No. Unless no one's watching. You uh, can eat fast food in a closet alone by yourself. That's where I prefer to do it. Or in your car, <laughs> angrily and quickly. In your car, angrily and quickly. <laughs> which I have done before. way to eat fast food. Which I have shamefully done before. If I just throw this trash out at this gas station, it'll be like it was never there. <laughs> it'll be like it never happened. This will just be between me and my gut. Now, uh, Morgan talks to your Bridget Bennett of RD Health Services, and right. her place has closed. And Morgan uses this as an example of how the health industry is uh, collapsing. Now, like I said, there's a lot of dated facts in here that were maybe true then, but not now. The health industry has grown substantially since this time. Morgan might absorb a lot of credit for people being aware of the content of fast food, but it was already going in that direction. And he was, to give him some credit, at least smart enough to jump on that wave with this, even if it is... Just us watching him suck his own dick for 90 minutes. He talks to a guy who's getting gastric bypass surgery. He said that he used to drink three to four two liters a day. Damn. Mm. Even at my... Now, I don't consider myself a very healthy person. Not as healthy as I want to be. How in the fuck do you drink four two liters in a day? 
I mean, growing up out in the country, it was very common to see people just drink gobs of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Dr. My mother used to drink Dr. Pepper like they were going to ban it the next day. Well, you know, you start you start small. You work up. You work your way up. And then we get some footage of some gastric bypass surgery set to like classical music. Isn't that fun? Morgan really thinks he's fucking cute. Yeah, he was real cute. And I know listeners might be like, <laughs> oh, you, you probably think you're cute with all your little clips and stuff. I don't like the artsy fartsy. It was like, yeah, we do. I, you can't see me, but I know I'm cute. See, that's, that's good stuff. I truly like that. Oh, yeah. And I could beat Morgan Spurlock's fucking ass. Oh, snap! I'm saying that right now. That's right, Morgan. I'll Show th- up here at this podcast studios. I'll throw a handful of salty ass fries in his face. And then like deck him in his tired dick. Oh shit. And then roundhouse kick right in the throat. Oh shit. Shit. Mess with that motherfucker boy. At day 21, 2 a.m., Morgan says that he couldn't breathe. And he's very hot. I wrote maybe allergies because sometimes I have that too. Now we're dealing with a sequence of the most unconvincing. What's the word I'm looking for? This part of the movie makes it seem like he's in grave danger. Like something is just like his insides are just going to collapse all in itself. It's the most unconvincing suspense I've ever seen in a movie in my life. Hello. Hello. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm worried about you. Yeah. I had no idea this was going to be such a dangerous experiment. Yeah. I don't think uh, anybody did. You know, the doctor didn't even think it was going to be this drastic. He's floored by it. Yeah. And um, he doesn't know what will happen. You know, he says, he's listen, I have no idea. But, um, you know, he said that if I am feeling bad or feeling anything for to page him and he'll admit me immediately wherever I am. Sweetheart. Yeah. I love you so much, and I don't want you to be hurt. Yeah, me either. Me either. He goes to Isaacs, and he claims he has heart pain, and uh, Isaacs wants him to take Advil. Morgan's like, McDonald's doesn't serve Advil, and Isaacs is like, you're going to die. It's like, no, you're not, asshole. You're very unhealthy eating this shit, but it... It takes a long time for this shit to affect you. My heart. The danger is totally oversold. Typical New Yorker. But this is straight up fear mongering at this point. But he's where you notice he wears a shirt that says Nashville on it. That's where we are right now. That's where we record from. Uh, yeah, I think that's a personal message to us. He's saying, bring it, bring it, documenteers. I dare you. I dare you to review my movie. There, dog there. there is an interview with uh, the a lobbyist from the fast food industry. All lobbyists are fucking shitheads. He's not wrong when he's pointing out the corporatocracy and the way food is handled in our lives. I can't take that away from him. These are valid points. But the lobbyist states, we are part of the problem, but we can be part of the solution. Did everyone hear what he just said? We're part of the problem. He makes multiple calls to Lisa Howard who is McDonald's director of corporate communications and social responsibility. He's getting stonewalled. She's not responding to his calls. His girlfriend is setting up a detox 
diet and she's making a nutritional list of all the of all this stuff that poor people can't afford morgan it's his last mcdonald's day finally and he's at like a birthday party after it's all said and done he goes in for his final tests and he decides to wear an american flag speedo It's real funny. Always funny to see a guy. He does cool. He's got like a little bit of a punch, but he's like not in bad shape. You know, it's very patriotic. He goes from one eighty to two hundred and ten pounds. Fatty liver. You got a fattier liver, no doubt. Fat, fatty liver. Doctor Ganju. I like Doctor Ganju because I feel like Doctor Ganju is trying to be reasonable. Because Ganju does make an important note that fast food is cheap and filling, and that's why it is so popular. She yep. makes a subtle point to where. The, the affordability of food rests with these type of foods. Sometimes people, when people are eating and feeding themselves, they're just doing what they can to do it. And going into a fucking Whole Foods and buying like a $5 piece of fruit, like that's just not viable to most American households. And schools are starting to ban sugary foods. And Morgan points out that so-called natural foods are on the rise. Mm-hmm. But there is no regulation as to what natural means though it could if you peed in something a little bit your pee is natural you could just claim that that's like a natural ingredient there's still some problems in there somewhere but for the most part since this movie since these times america is gradually trying to be healthier and healthier but ronald mcdonald was later declared chief happiness officer and there's a, a stat that says that Morgan was asked nine times to supersize. That seems very low. Nine times. He ate at McDonald's every day for 30 days, at least twice a day, I'm assuming, every yeah. day. And he was only asked to supersize nine times. Five times for in Texas, right? God bless Texas. Yeah, apparently most of those times were in Texas. Because he points out that very obvious thing that everything is bigger in Texas. Texas. That's pretty much the end of this movie. You know, now you can pay a dollar. For a dollar, you can get any size soft drink at McDonald's. I've gotten soft drinks at McDonald's. I don't want the big ones. I, when I get soda, I want it to be like a like a small. Mm-hmm. And I've had to ask them to just give me small. Maybe the larger fry, but I don't want the larger soda. And every time I'm like, can you take back that giant cup? Because I know it's all the same price and just give me a small. They always look at me like I'm... Usually I get on sweet tea because I'm trying not to drink sugary stuff. But you mentioned this earlier, and this movie doesn't touch base on it. We now know, because it came out like a couple years ago, that the sugar industry paid off the government to divert nutritional information away from sugary foods. Sugar is in almost everything. Yeah. Sugar is the biggest problem. More so than upon it in the movie. More so than fat, more so than cholesterol. Sugar. Unrefined sugar and added sugar and processed foods everything has sugar in it everything we as a nation are addicted to fucking sugar i'm trying not to drink soda i'm addicted and i was like you're addicted and i went almost a week and yesterday i was like i gotta get a fucking pepsi my body was wanting to crawl out of its skin to drink a soda after so many days of not you ever see train spotting that movie yeah it's like that get enough sugar i saw a baby crawling on the ceiling that's true now, I got some fun facts. You like sham facts? Yeah. And then I will reveal 
our documenteers <laughs> factoid from earlier in the episode. Morgan. Give me those sham facts. His full name is Morgan Valentine Spurlock. He was married to Alex Jameson, his vegan chef girlfriend in this movie. They married in 2006, got divorced in 2011. What? They had a child together, which if you've seen the god-awful documentary, Where in the World is Osama Bin Laden, she was pregnant with their baby in that movie. Around this time of Super Size Me, he founded the Warrior Poets Company, but he had to step down after admitting to sexual misconduct allegations, specifically some sexual harassment claims. Wow. He's currently married to Sarah Bernstein. Alex would go on to write books called The Great American Detox Diet. And get this, Alex eventually quit veganism after 13 years of being a vegan. While she usually in the past had used veganism to treat certain issues that her body had, she realized that there were some things that the vegan diet did not help her with. She had hormonal imbalances, exhaustions, and above all, she had ex high cravings towards meat products. And it led her to quit. I'm sure it doesn't mean she's just shoveling hamburgers into her face. I'm sure it's all in moderation because she's still a nutritionist. She actually looked like she was in better shape in her video explaining why she quit veganism. But Morgan Spurlock, he wrote, I'm not going to read this whole thing because his long-winded uh, essay on his sexual harassment is called, I am part of the problem. He's part of the problem. He's part of the problem. Did everyone hear what he just said? We're part of the problem. I want to read just a little bit of it. As I sit around watching hero after hero, man after man, fall at the realization of their past indiscretions, I don't sit by and wonder, who will be next? I wonder, when will they come for me? You see, I've come to understand after months of these revolutions. Harvey Weinstein, Bob Weinstein, God bless them. Harvey Weinstein, who believed in us and made this movie. Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Thank you, Harvey Weinstein. Especially Harvey. I want to thank Harvey and Bob Weinstein. Thank Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey, who first took me on 20 years ago. I would like to thank Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, who had the guts, the courage, the commitment. Especially Harvey Weinstein, a man of dedication and vision. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Well, listen, so... Harvey and Bob Weinstein. You also break my heart with your uncensored passion. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey and Bob. And Harvey well, and honest Bob with you and myself, I'm going to lay it all out in the open. Maybe that will be a start, but who knows? But I do know I've talked enough in my life. That's for damn sure. I'm finally ready to listen. Not exactly Dan Harmon. Uh, do you got facts for us? Okay. What movie so, did he co-produce? I know you've all been waiting. What's the answer to the question? What movie that we reviewed in a previous episode of Documenteers did Morgan have a role as an associate producer in? And the answer is the... The... The life and death... Lives what happened. Oh, yeah, the death of Superman lives. What happened? Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say it with me. Man, you're, you're trying to lead me there, but I got very lost. It's okay. He co-produced the John Schnepp documentary. Yeah, John Schnepp. The late John Schnepp, who the passed away. The late John Schnepp mm -hmm. passed away from 
I think he had, this may not be right, I think he had a stroke, like a sudden stroke or a heart attack. Fast food. I didn't know he produced that one. Yep, Spurlock. Yeah. He's got his mitts in everything. Every documentary, he's touched. Now, Stuart, we don't rate in a herd. Uh, no, we do rate in a Herzog rating scale. It's we the, don't anymore? The star what? rating scale what? is what we don't oh. rate in. Oh. We don't rate in the star rating scale. Stars are trash. We don't like them. We do rate, though, in a Herzog rating scale. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this movie one through five Herzogs. You're going to give this movie one through five Herzogs. Mm-hmm. Then we will combine them like a value menu all mm-hmm. coming together for a delicious meal for best out of 10 hurt socks. Now, Stuart, I'm trying to think of like nice things I can say about this movie. We don't hold uh, Morgan Spurlock in such high esteem. All allegations aside, I feel like we've, we always talk about him like he's an, uh, an annoying figure in the documentary world. I do got to give him credit for being savvy enough to put this movie out in a time where it was good timing, basically, when this movie came out. But a lot of these facts are dated. But it does touch base on a lot of problems like lobbyists for fast food industries and corporate mm-hmm. and the corporatocracy that feeds our kids and prisons and shit like that. These are things that we need to deal with. And it is important that at least, especially in public schools that we give kids healthy eating options. Yeah. So, and prisoners and you know, you're, you probably, it probably wouldn't hurt you that much to have a vegan diet, but apparently uh, you're going to get very, you're going to really want some hamburgers after like 13 years of <laughs> being a vegan. So the thing about the thing about it is that there are things that Morgan says in this movie and the points he makes that are indisputable by any standards. The idea of what is healthy and what is not and the problems in our food industry. These are points that we've heard being made by tons of people. Morgan is not the first, but I can't underestimate the fact that this was a very popular documentary during its day and it probably did help people to kind of pull back on fast food diets but i'm sure for a lot of people because this documentary was so prolific it probably did help some people out there but ultimately morgan spurlock is a fucking tourist and he made this all about himself i think it could have held up a lot better over time if he put a lot of the, the the studies that he put himself through and he reached out to people who actually have eaten this stuff a lot because he admitted he did not eat this stuff growing up. And it was very fucking obnoxious to watch him. Eat cows. Right? Yeah. So I'm sure he ate cows at home. But it was very obnoxious to watch him like be all like, can you believe? Look at this fish filet. Look at all these hamburgers. Look at all these French fries. It was all about Morgan and not about people who literally are probably dealing with actual ramifications of a lifetime of eating this kind of food all the time. Because at the end of the day, Morgan making himself eat this shit for 30 straight days, that's not a scientific study, dude. We know it's bad for you. We know it's going to lead to obesity. We knew it wasn't going to be good for you before you even started the fucking study. So that means pretty much nothing. You should have focused on people who literally live this life who live in an underwhelming life where they're forced to eat fast food because it's cheaper than what your vegan ex-girlfriend is able to make for you. But now you're just a fucking wad who made yourself eat McDonald's for 30 days. Morgan Spurlock, I'm going to give you credit for at least probably helping some people out there. But ultimately, this is all about you, 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 you. I give it 1.5 stars. Uh, Herd socks, sorry. 1.5 <laughs> Herd socks for 
supersize me. A movie that maybe has a message that is bogged down by an asshole. Oh, snap! Yeah, okay. Spurlock. You know, there's a reason. We have such derision of this. Spurlocking. Yeah, just now, now we know. Now we know. It's because you turned the documentary into a self-promotional tool. Like, okay, for instance, have you, now there's a, there's a documentary about Calvin and Hobbes that I watched on Netflix once. Really? Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, you should watch that because he does the same thing. That guy, he's like, turns it all around how it's like, this is a documentary about Calvin and Hobbes. I really loved Calvin and Hobbes when I was a kid. You know who else did? Everyone. Yeah, everyone did. You're not alone. I think it's a movement that has seen a kind of slow death and now people aren't really doing these kind of documentaries anymore. But there was an era, maybe Michael Moore pushed it along, but Super Size Me broke the door down Mm -hmm. and made sure that we could no longer shut it. You know, it's just, we're just leaving it to Michael Moore for the most part. There's a few others. Maybe Herzog throws himself in there a little bit. Just a peppering of Herzog. Yeah. But it's not like he dominates the whole thing. But Spurlock, it's always, it always goes back to Spurlock in this movie. And I just don't care. You know, he did get us to look at our health. He did succeed in blowing himself up. He blew himself up. He set the blueprint. I don't know if anyone else has Spurlocked their way into Hollywood. Other than himself. He inspired a lot of other hack documentary filmmakers. That's for sure. So I'm going to have to give Super Size Me one Herzog for the health. For your health. So you take my 1.5 Herzog. You take your one Herzog. That's a total of 2.5 out of 10 Herzogs for Morgan Spurlock's overrated Super Size Me. And it doesn't age well. There's a lot of stats that are different now. I mean, we still have problems with food in our country and obesity. I don't want to underplay that. But we can think of a better way to to, to discuss these problems than with uh, some self-serving asshole like Morgan Spurlock. Uh, maybe like Food Inc. or something. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Or uh, uh, ch- ch- chicken movie. Chicken movies. <laughs> chicken run. Chicken run. <laughs> All right, folks, go. That's All our, right, yeah. that's our movie, Super Size Me. You want to watch more movies, <laughs> get on Netflix. <laughs> oh, maybe it's on Prime or uh, YouTube. I guess. It's somewhere. Steal yeah. this. Hey, steal, steal this, it. Steal this movie. Yeah, stream it. Um, We've all seen it at this point anyway. We're to, just revisiting something from over 10 years go ago. Go to, uh, there's a one last remaining blockbuster in Utah. Alaska. Alaska? Yeah. That one closed. It finally closed? There's only one in Utah. And there's one in Utah? Yeah, I think they're somehow... Is that Mormons the one where really the like guy it? has re-edited all the movies to make it Mormon-friendly? No, that one, he he can't do it. Did you watch that documentary? We got we should we do, should that do that, that one. We should do that documentary. Let's do that next. Let's do that one next. We'll do it for next year. January. I really want to do... Uh, I like killing flies. You've been really wanting to do that and one. And now, while I was interneting here at your house with the internet, I've just heard the news that uh the kenny shopson the uh subject of the documentary uh just died the guy from i like killing flies yes september 4th rest in peace kenny yeah maybe we'll get to it but Stuart, that's our movie for today supersize me by morgan spurlock a whopping 2.5 out of 10 that's pretty good you know for spurlock (laughs) yeah it's not bad you know this guy's detestable where in the world is osama bin laden is like a half a herzog for me 
Have you ever seen that? I'm not going to watch any more of his movies. Dude, don't. Yeah, I, I can't blame you. I started watching some of his TV show. Yeah, I watched a few episodes of that. Uh, 30 Days, I think. I can't have that time back. <sighs> Missing time. From the previous episode, <laughs> oh, Skinwalker uh, Ranch. For, hunt for the Skinwalker, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of connections here, folks. Now, keep. I want to keep the comments coming about this conspiracies how they all yeah. connect with the dwarf houses we didn't rate that movie highly but i would watch that over supersize me again because i'm uh, shutting the tomb on supersize me i hope i never get to see it again it's going back in the vault yep and then the vault is getting thrown in the ocean <laughs> and that's that supersize me go spurlock yourself and Keep on docking. Keep on docking. Keep on docking. It's a charter school, so society lifts that up while everyone shits on public schools, even though you can't get rid of public schools because not everyone can get into a charter school. And I just want to say I went to public school. It had its problems. But you know what? I also had great teachers that did inspire me. And I just want to I just want to say that uh, can we stop shitting on public schools? They're just because they're not perfect doesn't mean that they're complete failures and people have to send their kids to school. And unless you got money, public school is the only option for most Americans. Look, you can, but I got to go somewhere. And the only good bathrooms are in public schools. Yeah, and as I so I'm gonna shit in public schools, man. I don't know why you're not shitting there too. To go to, we should not go to public schools anymore. We're too old. Oh, really? It might have weird connotations for people that are looking. What on. if you just need to use a bathroom? Still, there's. It's just we need to stay out of the way of public schools unless we have family or kids that go there. We need. We we just need to stay away. Even when we're holding hands, like you and I. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That'd be fine if that's what you wanted, but we can, <laughs> we can hold hands somewhere else. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. It's It's an emotional subject. We just need to avoid yeah. public schools. Yeah. Maybe well, we go have... to a football game every once in a while. PTA meetings. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the PTA meetings. We could do that. Then we can use a bathroom. The friends forever. Diabetes. Duh. I'm loving it.